This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Let's wrap up this crossover edition of Take Command and In the Huddle by going into Baldy and Logan's wheelhouse here. We're talking O-line. Baldy, you just put out last edition of your podcast, and you put this out in other places as well. Your top five offensive linemen. I know you had specifically the top five guards on the last edition of the podcast. But, Logan, uh, you saw Baldy's list. What caught your eye about it? And what did you want to kind of circle back to in your breakdowns here? Yeah, I mean, like with the tackles specifically, I thought, man, Baldy's got a type. You know, he likes big physical athletes that like to mess people up. And, you know, I was a little surprised that a guy like, um, you know, Anton Harrison isn't on the list. You got Dewan Jones ahead of a guy like Anton Harrison. And, uh, you know, I, I do see the value of Dewan Jones, but, you know, I think from a pass protection standpoint, Anthony Harrison is a little bit cleaner, you know, and like I'm always a guy, this is my philosophy with O-line, and you could agree, Baldy, is pass protection is more of like a feel thing, and you kind of got it or you don't. It's much harder to coach, and I can always coach a guy to be a red, better run player. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on kind of, you know, why, why, why do you like the physical nature of the position so much, and why do you value that so much? And maybe why don't you look at Harrison and say he's, uh, you know, top three player in the draft? Well, I mean, Anton Harrison's a good player. I mean, I'm just talking about top five here, Logan. But, like, just the guys I, I know in the Big Ten that have played against Ohio State, yeah. they'll tell you I'll line up over Paris Johnson any day versus Dewan Jones. I'm not beating mm-hmm. Dewan Jones. I'm, I can't run around him. He's, uh, he's a Pacific Manta out there. I can't get around him. <laughs> and I can't run through him. And then you watch him, you know, with this wingspan of being seven foot five inches, like you can't get to his body. Like to me, like if you want a right tackle, like I know, you know, Trent Brown is out there. Like he's bigger than Trent. Like he is, he's just an enormous, agonizing, intimidating player. And I don't know, like, I I just feel like, like I love Darnell Wright. He's my favorite tackle in this draft. Like, guy started 42 games, saw him pitch a shutout against Will Anderson, did the same thing the year before against Georgia, going up against Trayvon Walker. Like, he's nasty. He runs really well. That's what blew everybody away when he ran a five-flat 40 at, you know, 338 pounds, whatever it was. Like, those two guys on the edges, they look better. Paris Johnson's a good player, Logan, really talented player, good kid, really good kid, well-coached. One year attack, like it's just yeah. like I didn't see him against you know Chase Young. I didn't see him against Nick uh, Bosa. I didn't see him against those caliber players. That he's going to see in the NFL, where at the end of his at the end of his protections, he his feet come together. He looks too thin. 
His ankles look too thin. Like he doesn't look like he he's going to anchor against some of these guys that can bring the heat like that um, right now. Like he might go I, into it. I totally it's agree. Not, I think. I have, and, and Broderick Jones is a really good player. He's 19 starts. He didn't start national championship game two years ago. Um, but I like his upside and just because I think his sets are, you know, so consistent, so good off the ball. But and he's only 21. I know he's going to get bigger and stronger. So I'm, I'm willing to say, OK, he might still be the best tackle, Logan, two years from now. But I don't know that yet. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about Paris Johnson, because one of the things that I when I watch him, you know, he's he, physically he's got everything you want. But you watch him against Iowa, against like Lucas Van Ness, guys that are strong players. He just doesn't seem to kind of have that midsection strength the way that you yeah. need to kind of sit a bull, you know, like yeah. at a high level. And I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's not on the film. And, you know, like Broderick Jones, there are times where the same thing, you know, he's a little bit of a waist spender. So I'm not quite as high on both of those players. I, I think I'm betting on upside with Paris Johnson. So he's higher on my list. But the other thing I want to ask about Dewan, because again, I'm, you know, he's fun to like because he's so damn big. But like, do you think he faced anybody who was legitimate? like heat you up 90 mile an hour speed rusher off the edge. And that's something, you know, like I am, I have questions about, cause you see the power, you see him eat the bull rushes. He eats bull rushes. Like it's cinnamon toast crunch. You know what I'm saying? But can he beat, can he compete with an elite edge speed guy at the NFL level? I think like, let's just say he lined up against Hassan Reddick. Yeah. One. That's the well, guy you're talking about. You know, it's somebody that caliber. Yeah. That's just got, you know, speed and, suddenness and quickness and you know can ghost you like that would be is probably his worst nightmare but if he gets off on the ball yeah logan he's gonna be fine you know yeah. it's just if he's late off the ball he's gonna get smoked like against a player like that he's just not gonna be able to have the reaction time necessary so that would be the concern but you know there's ways to work on your set where yeah. you're not late and you know you just study guys like Lane Johnson's league that actually leave before the ball snaps. You know? <laughs> so um, there, there's ways to counteract that, I believe. And just, and, and that's, that's good coaching. And the other thing I'd say is too, like, you know, you mentioned the arm length, you know, almost 37 inches, which is insane, but he plays with great strength through that length. So he like, moves bodies, Logan. Yeah, I like so, to, I, I want guys, I see all these offenses, you know, they're just these zone offenses. Nobody moves anybody. They're yeah. just trapping them and moving them. Yeah. Um, you know, lateral, but they're not moving guys off the line of scrimmage. I watch this guy move the line of scrimmage. Like, I don't know. I'm from, you know, I'm from the old school of the Hogs. I want to see Russ Grimm moving bodies, man, <laughs> off the line of scrimmage. And so um, that's what I see from him. I, I see a people mover. And definitely your list reflects that. I mean, like you, you seem to value that skill set more than, you know, other, 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 other coaches that I've talked to, which is fine. Cause like, I think they're all going to be good football players. And one of the reasons they're going to be good football players is because they're physical as heck. So, Well, Logan, nothing nothing irritates defenses more or quicker than teams that run the ball down your throat. Like the bickering and the finger pointing during <laughs> plays is just like I'll never get tired of watching that. Yeah. And that's when you start breaking another team's sword. That's why I put such a premium on it. If you just lean on these guys, I don't care what their names are in the back of the jersey. They all act the same mm. when you're just, you know, popping those runs in the fourth quarter after leaning on them for the first three. And so, to me, that's still a great way to win football games. 
Last thing real quick, kind of throw this around to everybody. Logan, we've touched on this a little bit on our pod, but as I look at more of these lists, and and Baldy, you just mentioned, like Darnell Wright's your favorite guy in this draft. He's also a right tackle, which is typically not two things that go together, where the left tackle has been for decades the more valued position. How have you guys have all talked to coaches and executives around the league? How has that evolved over the last couple of years where we could see a guy like Darnell Wright be the first tackle off the board, even though he probably never lines up on the left side? Well, I mean, look, Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in football. He was the third pick in the 2013 draft. It was the right choice. Yeah. If you're the right tackle in this league, you see T.J. Watt. You see Von Miller. Uh, you know, you see uh, Joey Boza. Like, you'll see Nick, if he can't beat the left tackle, he's coming over the right tackle. Like, you're seeing at right tackle, you're seeing Hassan Reddick. I mean, you're seeing the best pass rushers. Um you know, if Montez Sweat goes over there, you know, like you're seeing the best pass rushers at right tackle um, every bit that the left tackles are seeing. So you better be able to protect both edges right now in this business. Yeah, I know like uh, I coach some defensive linemen in the offseason, some NFL guys, and they call it, you got to find the fish, man. You got to find the weakest yeah, pass protector exactly. and take, <laughs> take advantage of them, right? And yeah. so, you know, now all these pass rushers, there's a dexterity there. They're not just rushing on the left. They're not just rushing on the white. On the right, you know, J.J. Watt, you know, T.J.'s brother, obviously, made a career because he could line up left tackle, uh, right tackle, left guard, right guard, and find that fish. And so I think teams need to, in in some ways, prioritize the position the same way. And I think that that's kind of what you're seeing with the draft is you want good offensive linemen because you need to protect your most valuable investment. Like we talked about at the top of the show, you're giving guys $50 million a year. You don't want them on the dirt. And so, like, the, the way to do that is get good guys uh, in there to, to protect the quarterback. Yeah, I think there's also position flexibility to it as well, right? Like, Skaronsky might be the first one off the board, and he might end up being a guard, right? But, like, okay, well, here's the group, right? Like, here's the pool of players, and who do we think, if it doesn't work out here, it could still really help us win there. And I just think the way teams are looking at offensive linemen on the whole has changed a little bit in certain degrees because of what a Quentin Nelson got. You know what I mean? It's like, okay – and now this year, did he worth that money? Maybe not, but he got it for a reason. So I think it's about, you know, trying to get someone who can help keep your quarterback from getting eviscerated. Because as Logan said, they're, they're, the fewer weak links you have, it's a chess match. And you don't want them to be able to get their best player lined up against your worst offensive lineman more times than not. So, yeah, I, I don't think it matters nearly as much as if we were talking about this in the eighties, you know what I mean? And it's like, how are we going to stop LT and the whole blind side thing from the beginning, from the get go? Yeah. Uh, keep your quarterback from getting eviscerated. That's that insider knowledge right there. All right. Jason Lockin for a Brian Baldinger from in the huddle. I'm Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson from take command, uh, next week for the draft. Uh, you guys have the, uh, as in the, in the huddle guys have the Odyssey sports draft show on Odyssey sports, YouTube page on Twitch. Uh, I think I'll be hopping on, uh, after the commander's pick. So I'll see you guys then, uh, make sure wherever, whichever feed you're listening to, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching right now, you're subscribed so that you do not miss an episode uh again if you want to catch uh jason and i live on the radio uh, you can do that through the free odyssey app i'm on the team 984 to 7 each and every weekday afternoon in dc jason two to six in baltimore on 105.7 hey let me put let me put you guys on the spot what are the commanders doing at 16 do you guys have a a consensus 
on what they're going to do right now? <laughs> if I, um, Deontay. I was going to, Deontay. Yeah, say, we'll be talking Deontay, about thanks. Deontay. I would say, so this is what I would say. If you're looking at it from an analytics perspective, the thing that's the most valuable resource in this draft, because like, you know, Baldy, you've alluded to it on your show. I'd say there's seven starting left tackles or start starting tackles, regardless of position, right? I think the problem is those guys are going to get pushed up. I think you'll probably see four or five go in the first round, leaving two in the second round. So in terms of need, I want to find that tackle. And then I do think this is an exceptionally deep cornerback class. So as much as I love Deontay Banks, I think he's my third corner in the class. I just think you can get another guy like that at 48. So to me, I think you just got to play the draft and kind of play the analytics game a little bit. Look at the numbers, look how deep these spots are and say, if you're looking for a tackle, you got to take him in probably 16. I think you want to trade back ideally, but 16, let's just say hypothetically for this conversation, DB. And then I think you kind of try to pick up one of those centers potentially in the third round. You know, it's a pretty, pretty solid center class. So that's kind of what yeah. I would ballpark, okay. you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm team trade back. Just the way, the yeah. way this draft goes and the way it's probably going to fall, the chances that you, the, the, the last player in your top bucket or your second bucket, depending on how, how sharply you're drawing your tiers is going to go at 14 or 15. And thus you, you want to trade back, get value. That's my, my hope for them. Uh, but who knows, maybe they get one of these guys, like Skaronsky falls then run as fast as you can get that card in and go from there. Uh, all right, that's it. That's all for this edition of the show. The plural. And, uh, we'll see you next week right here on take command and in the huddle.